0: Hi, I'm Ashley Liddell, and this is SEO in 2024.
1: Ashley, what's your number one SEO tip for 2024?
0: The big tip for me is to basically encourage SEOs to embrace creator-led SEO and everything
1: that that entails. Okay, creator-led SEO. Um, so that you're talking about creators outside an organisation.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it'd be more working with our content creators on other platforms um, such as TikTok, YouTube, the Mr. Beasts of the world it would be probably the biggest example I could think of. But then even on a much smaller scale, working with um, sort of hyper-localized or even smaller community creators.
1: If you've got the spare $10 million, maybe you can get on Mr. Beasts YouTube channel. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Depends what your budget is.
0: Yeah, that's that's the big grand example. Obviously, that's the one that instantly grabs people's attention because as soon as you mention his name, people instantly know who you mean and it sort of starts to resonate with people. But I think for most brands, it's definitely more at the lower end of the scale working with people who've got smaller communities, smaller followings and leveraging sort of their expertise and their community to further your brand's SEO efforts.
1: So should every brand be working with creators like this, no matter the type of industry they happen to be in?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think obviously there's going to be instant connections between people um, or brands thinking, okay, this is a B2C sort of space. But I think in the B2B space as well, and then across industries, it's not just something for fashion brands to leverage or the sort of really high consumer brands and um, that are really obvious. I think that there is an opportunity for for other types of brands across industries to sort of to sort of leverage this opportunity as well,
1: So how do you find these creators, and what does that conversation look like? What does that initial outreach look like?
0: I think in terms of finding the creators it's it should be quite simple for brands, because if you understand your brand, if you understand your audience, then it's it's likely that you're already following these types of creators or at least know who these creators are in your space. For example, we went with the Mr. Beast example. If if it's sort of okay, we need to do something huge. We need to do something massive on YouTube. Mr. Beast instantly comes to mind. For brands in fashion, in 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 that space, I'm sure that there's a there's a Love Islander. There's 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 sort of these influencers that would instantly come to mind for fashion brands to say, okay, we want to work with this person. And it's up to the person on the brand side or as an SEO agency that's leveraging this. It's understanding which creators already have that established relationship with my audience and sort of leveraging those. And then it's about doing the work. So it's it's reaching out to their, along a lot of the times, management or their, their agency and saying, we want to work with your client. Is this a brand that your client feels they could have a relationship with which is super important because it shouldn't just be about okay how much do you charge here's a paycheck like this is how much it's going to be it needs to be very much relationship-led audience-led but if it is a if it is a brand that that creator wants to work with it's about then building that relationship exploring that obviously understanding the finances but more so understanding what the creator is going to get out of the situation in terms of Helping their community, providing some useful content to their community. And then also, what the brand's going to get out of that is it someone that has that established community that they can work with and basically get results?
1: And in terms of finances, is it a case of asking the question to the creator, um, what's your rate for this kind of thing? Or do you actually go to them with some kind of budget to say, can you do something for this?
0: I think. So that's that's interesting to be fair, because that's that's probably where it varies. And I think we're still establishing what that's going to look like in the long term. Because unfortunately, if you look at the influencer marketing space, the same as SEO, there's always going to be people that are looking to cut corners and do things as quickly and as cheaply as possible. When they're doing that, it does come down to the bottom dollar, like it's a race to the bottom, who's going to be the cheapest influencer that we can work with, where we're still going to get awareness. And that's probably where influencer marketing has really, or bad influencer marketing, I should say, has really lacked. I think moving forward, it's more about basically doing good work and and doing effective work, looking to explore those relationships and and making it a positive experience for both sides, not just a a race to the bottom, not just this is how much it's going to cost. And then in terms of the campaign idea, a lot of the times when I've been doing this this year and then obviously going into next year, I'll instantly think of a creator that I want to or that, that perfect for the projects that we have. And it's likely that if if they get passionate about it, then they're going to want to do it as well. So it's about saying to a, to a creator or to their agency, look, we've got a really good idea that we think your client's going to love. Or look, we've got this idea that we think you're going to love. Would you like to be part of this? And a lot of the times for influencers, if you go with something that they're going to be really passionate about and that they think they can get good content from, then they're going to be more willing to work with your brand anyway.
1: So you're talking about the importance of building long-term relationships. And to a certain degree, that is counterintuitive to traditional SEO. Because traditional SEO is about reaching out to and getting links from as many people as possible and yep. just getting that one link and that one blog post. And once you've got that, that's fine. The links to that, that domain, you can go and find somewhere else after that. Yep. So why is it a long-term relationship you're after?
0: I think we're starting to see sort of a transition into a new era of, of search, if you like, or a new era of SEO. There's, there's definitely signals that are emerging, such as there's the signals that are coming out around the new e in e and sort of like that experience that expertise around that that are suggesting actually if we can position this influencer as the authority on a topic and then leverage them for our seo content then it makes sense to sort of expose that um then it makes sense to take advantage of a long-term relationship Rather than having an influencer work with us for a month or a single campaign, they could be authoring blogs, content, sections of blogs for a longer time or a longer period of time, which means we're basically able to build their authority whilst positioning our brand in a position of authority. So it really comes down to that authority discussion. And then in terms of the link building, there's still that element of, okay, we're going to build X amount of links. We want this publication, this publication, but by leveraging a creator, we're able to basically say to publications, okay, your audience care what this influencer does. So therefore you should cover this topic, build us a link, give us a link into our page. So there's still that element of things there as well. But I think we are seeing that transition into Brands need to be leveraging longer-term relationships for the EAT benefits and building that authority, that topical authority that comes from having long relationships with authors.
1: Now, if an was is listening to this and thinking, okay, I haven't actually really tried this before, I, I'd like to give this uh, a go, but th- they're not really sure of the level of influencer that they should get for their campaign and, and I guess the amount of money that they can afford to pay them. Is there like a minimum amount of budget you would recommend for this? And in terms of um, determining the influencer's authority within a particular industry, any any tips about that?
0: Yeah. So budget is obviously a really hard one because to provide a blanket approach would be unresponsible of me really, because different brands are going to have different budgets, as we said earlier. What I would say is focus on what your goals are for the for the campaign. So if you're looking to build brand awareness and brand awareness is your, is your big goal, then it maybe will make sense to go with a slightly bigger creator, which may incur a bigger budget requirement. But if your goals are actually, we, we want really qualified leads to come off the back of this, then you maybe work with a smaller creator, What I would say is understand in terms of establishing your budget is understand what you want from the campaign and let that drive what your budget becomes as opposed to saying we've got this, let's just work with loads and loads of creators or one big creator. So basically be really strategic with with how you're allocating your budget. Once you've done that, I'd say it's a matter of sort of understand your goals, understand what the creative is going to be and then really making sure that you get the most out of the relationship for your brand so that you can basically justify the expense more. So, for example, if we say, okay, we're going to work with a brand, we're going to work with a creator on TikTok to create TikTok content. It's not just leveraging TikTok, it's repurposing the content that they create for you on TikTok. Taking that content and putting it on your website, making sure that it's part of a blog, part of a landing page on a website, maybe it's a testimonial, whatever it looks like for the individual use case. Get it on your website so that straight away you're getting more bang for your buck. And then repurpose the TikTok video. Get it on your other social platforms that you're leveraging. Maybe you can repurpose it for YouTube Shorts, for Reels. Basically, extend your budget as as far as you can by getting the most out of the content that you create. And then that's probably a really effective way to justify the expense that's going to come from sort of leveraging creator-led SEO.
1: Great. I I love the way that you started off with thinking about your business goals first, because you have to be very definitive about what you want to achieve from that kind of campaign. And then you can be more precise about the kind of influencer that you want to target. Um, But you also talked about TikTok content. So how do you actually measure the SEO value of the content that the influencer is going to produce for you. I mean, you talked about using TikTok content on your own website, and I can see the value in doing that. But but what about content published on the creator's own social media uh, sites? How do you actually measure the SEO value of that?
0: Yeah, so I think it's important to remember in this situation that when we talk about SEO, that no longer just means Google anymore. So for the longest time, it's been really easy to go, okay, the SEO benefit is we rank in position one, we're getting X amount of clicks every month, X amount of impression. And we start to go down those metrics that we all know, love and hate. Whereas when we start embracing TikTok SEO, it becomes more about different metrics that maybe mean different things for your brand. So it becomes, okay, how many people have watched this TikTok? That's a start. Okay, it's been it's been seen by this many people. Great. How many people have then gone onto my landing page? How many people have then gone onto the website from this? Okay, well it's this. We know that we've done this campaign in January. Traffic went up by a thousand, so therefore we can sort of say, okay, maybe a thousand people have come through from the TikTok content that we've produced, alongside everything else we've got going on. Fantastic, and then we can start to look really at the bottom dollar, so we can say, okay, how much money have we made out off that a thousand traffic that's improved? What's the Businesses advantage profit wise. Fantastic. SEO wise, in terms of SEO benefits, it really becomes the dealing visuals on a SEP. So when we create that influencer content and we get it covered in publications, are they appearing in the news features on a SEP? Fantastic. So we rank as position one because we're in there, but it's our brand, we're there. But we're also ranking in the news feature above it. And then all the publications that have covered us are below us in the Google rankings as well. So our visibility on that SERP goes from just having the um, position one two, wh- wherever we rank query or visual, blue link, whatever you want to call it, to having a news feature, all those publications underneath us and the um, position that we're ranking, which means we're really able to dominate a SERP where we wasn't able to before, which gives us a big advantage over our competitors because it means we're visual, visible on the SERP and they're not, which is fantastic.
1: I loved your stealing visibility on the SERP phrase. I think that's um, a, a great way to think about it. But what happens when the relationship with the influencer ends? Can you still retain that visibility or does it certainly disappear?
0: Yeah, I'd say it's an interesting one because the news features at the top of the SERP, they're always evolving. Obviously, as new new people put out um, content, that's going to change, which means very quickly your content will disappear from that SERP after it's had its initial value. That's where it becomes really important for you to be leveraging your influencer relationships that you've built, that you've leveraged, that you've paid for as as on-site content. So a really good way to do it would be to say, okay, we're going to work with X influencer, but I want to make it long lasting. How would I do that? Well, what you do is you basically take a keyword that you know is going to have long-term value. Maybe it's an informational query, a longer tail query. And you basically create your narrative, create your creative for the influencer relationship around that query. Then, once your influencer relationships end, it's faded from the news, public, news publications, um, listings on the SERP. All of a sudden, people are still searching for that query, which means they're still getting exposed to your content that you've created, and you're still able to get long term sort of benefits from that content. It's always working for you. So yes, over time, the, the effect is going to disappear. It's going to go down. We expect that anyway. But in typical SEO fashion, if we can basically strat- do it strategically, then we can expand the amount of time that that content is going to work hard for our brand.
1: Great point. And of course, using AI nowadays, it's easy to take videos that have been produced by influencers and then perhaps create um, a long-form article from that and then use that in your website. Is, is that something that you'd recommend?
0: Yeah, 100%. I'll commit to saying I would 100% create a long form informational content piece on the influencer piece. I won't commit to saying leverage um, AI to do so at this point. That might change in the next couple of years. We'll see how AI develops. But you you are 100% right. Creating a longer piece of content that can sort of leverage maybe snippets, maybe it transcribes the video and takes the best bits and you, you edit that and, and make it work for your brand absolutely because then you're going to get the longer term benefits out of that and i think this is probably a bit of a discussion for another day but we can lean into it ever so slightly we're going to see influencers when google perspective starts to roll out we're going to see influencers as authors start to gain a lot more credibility on a google algorithm sap whatever you want to call it so by saying x feature written by influencer or um contributed by influencer name, then that's going to help your SEO authority as well. So absolutely, create your longer form out of your influencer campaigns, definitely.
1: Well, hopefully we we'll are also be doing SEO in 2025, so and get you back for that and uh, get your perspective from the use of AI, perhaps, and content generation then. But um, in the meantime, if an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time doing what you suggest in 2024?
0: Okay, so... What I would suggest is stop spending as much time on keyword research in in its archaic form that we're doing it now. I think that spending time developing strategies based wholly on keyword research, search volumes, and these metrics that we've leaned into for years is becoming out of date and archaic. I think instead of building a strategy based on that, base your strategies based on, okay, my community are interested in this. My, I'm interested in this. If you're a smaller brand, you know your community best. Okay, I believe my audience are going to be interested in this. Let's sort of leverage create led lead SEO to do that. Let's do that and build your strategies that way, as opposed to relying on keyword research to develop your strategies.
1: Ashley Liddell is a an SEO content strategist at Reprise, and you can find him over at ashleyliddell.co.uk. Ashley, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024.
0: Thank you, David. Cheers.
1: I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024 the book over at SEOin2024.com